Welcome to CouncilCast, a podcast from Coalfield Development, where we highlight moments from our monthly gathering, Coalfield Council Day. It's a time for reflection, team building, and celebrating the personal and professional developments of our crew members. This is episode five, highlighting our Council Day on Friday, September 23rd, 2022. After a monumental month, the Coalfield Development crew returned to our West Edge Factory headquarters for our monthly Council Day gathering. CEO Brandon Dennison kicked off the event with a welcome message and initiated a crew-wide conversation about our recent grant news. Earlier this month, the Actnell Coalition, for which Coalfield was the lead applicant, was selected as one of 21 recipients of the U.S. Department of Commerce's Build Back Better Regional Challenge grant. The $62.8 million grant will support climate technologies in southern West Virginia. And it's really about just doing very genuine community engagement. So as we're trying to build this new cluster... We want to do it in a way that the community believes in and feels a part of and is honored by. So we don't want to tell people what their new economy is going to look like. We want to engage communities very genuinely so that we're building a new economy together. I think we really have a chance to truly improve our our economy and our quality of living for the community. I think a lot of us in our communities, it's been such hard times for so long. We're really questioning, like, is my community going to survive? And this is an opportunity to say we we are going to survive. We're actually going to thrive. That we do have assets, we do have skills, we do have gumption, we do have grit, we do have grace. And the rest of the world's going to get to see it now. And it's going to be on our terms. Dreema Buck, Professional and Academic Development Coordinator, inquired about Coalfield's plans to sustain the grant's momentum after the four-year grant period ended. I love this question. This is why the social enterprise model is so crucial. So for Mountain Mindful, having sales with customers, not just grants from donors, but sales with customers, like a bridge day, it's critical because that's a sustainable revenue flow. I've talked a lot about environmental sustainability. We also need to talk about financial sustainability. We've got a major investment. It bought us a little bit of time to find the right strategies, but we've got to stay disciplined as social enterprises to to truly provide great products and great services that can have a a sustainable financial income stream for this organization. I will say too, like we're not gonna stop fundraising from other sources too. So it's really raised our profile as as an organization. I've been getting more calls than ever from interested donors, interested foundations. And so I think we will continue to diversify our fundraising stream too. But the only true sustainability we have is as a social enterprise with sales and contracts. The Build Back Better news was announced by President Joe Biden and U.S. Secretary of Commerce Gina Raimondo in a virtual press conference during our council day. Secretary Raimondo said the department anticipated the 21 grants would create or save 100,000 jobs across the country. Ashley Kane, longtime crew member at Coalfield, asked if the ACNEL Coalition partnerships would provide opportunities for crew members to further their careers after graduating. Awesome question. Are these partnerships an opportunity for current crew members to further their career once the time at Coalfield is finished? Yes. Just leading this, even before we won, literally doubled the size of our employer network. So a company that we never interacted with is now very familiar with what we do. And all of them are very interested, you know, if, saying if you can send me a well-trained person who's dependable, who works hard, who has a good attitude, who knows how to be safe, I've got positions. So that's an emphatic yes. And we've, we've dramatically expanded 
placement opportunities just as a result of being a part of this even before we won it. Following Brandon's morning address, Ashley expanded on her inquiry, noting that the Build Back Better grant could pave the way for graduates' continued employment at Coalfield. I know there's a lot of people that have graduated, became a Coalfield champion, and they've went through the whole program, obtained their degree, and they're kind of in limbo right now on like the next step on their career. So I just thought that with all these new opportunities coming about, that this would give opportunities to people like that, that they'd have a guaranteed career opportunity once they left here. Ashley has been with Coalfield since April 2021. Right now, she's still working on her degree and has about a year and a half until she graduates. Though it's still a ways away, she said she'd be thrilled to have a permanent role on the crew after she completed her program. I am personally interested in furthering my career opportunities with Coalfield through a partnership with them after I graduate with my Coalfield champion title. After morning announcements, we were joined by Brian Anderson, co-owner of Lemax Safety Solutions, to analyze our own workplace safety protocols and discuss ways we can enhance them. Over the last few years, Brian has worked with Coalfield as a safety consultant. Going through your program, you know, you've come a long way. The safety program is not about us. We're here to help guide you and getting you to where you want to be. But ultimately, uh, employee input, management input, these two collaborations are what creates a better program. And without the buy-in of the totality of the team, uh, the program doesn't work as well as we need it to. So my question to you is, where do you feel your safety program is today and what could help enhance this safety program that we have? During his presentation, Brian addressed common misconceptions about safety in the workplace and answered various questions from the Coalfield team, including Josiah Hanna, personal development coordinator. I'm guilty of seeing a sign that says hard hat required in this section, but walking through the hallway itself, it's like, okay, I'm walking back and forth to go check on people, or I'm, I'm walking down to Mountain Mindful, and I do not have the hard hat with me currently. And I think those types of like dissonance, if I do that enough times, then I numb myself to the, that sort of nagging voice of, there's, a, you know, there's something here telling me I'm supposed to be doing something, I'm not doing it, and I don't want to be numb to that. I don't want to like ignore that. I don't know if that's a system thing that we have to adjust or if I just need to carry a hard hat with me. So maybe we could just discuss that a little bit, I guess. I feel like we need to make sure that we're wearing a hard hat in those areas. If a sign's up and says it's a hard hat area, we've created a scenario where you need a hard hat in that area. If one person goes through the area without a hard hat and not anyone says anything to the person, it shows it's acceptable. It shows the sign doesn't mean a whole lot. If you see anything that's unsafe, somebody not wearing a hard hat, using that as an example in these areas, please bring that to their attention. And then when this individual comes to me and says, hey, you need a hard hat in this area, I need to thank them. Not be frustrated at all. Now i got to go get a hard hat. We have to be able to thank these individuals and understand that this is the epitome of our culture. Carrie Sias, Human Resources Coordinator, has had previous experience leading safety teams. Recording near misses, she said, could be tremendously helpful for future prevention. Something that could move us forward would be encouraging reporting of near misses, because that's how we reduce the amount of recordables, by knowing what is maybe not safe around us, potential hazards, so that we can let other team members know. If we have a near miss, even though no one gets hurt and we report that and find out what the scenario is, we can start mitigating those issues on the front end, be proactive so that we do not have injuries. And the ultimate goal is to make sure that everyone goes home in the same manner that they 
showed up on site that day. Joseph Duncan, who works at the Highwall site, then asked Brian about the accessibility of safety gear education for those who aren't already familiar with it. Do y'all offer classes here that teach people, like I took OSHA 10, do y'all do that here or anything where you have to learn how to even tell if a hard hat's good to wear? Because, I mean, you gotta under, you got to know how to check that hard hat to see if it's right for you, see if it's had any cracks. If it has not been inspected in so, many, in so long, that hard hat's no longer any good to use. Um, and I, that goes for all the safety equipment, like you got your tag ins, your tag outs on your uh, scaffolding and all that. Like it's very important to know that the equipment around you you're using is a good piece of equipment. Those are great comments. And it's funny that you, you bring up hard hats. Typically, you know, hard hat, and it, 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 you've got to understand, you know, the different manufacturers have different rules, regulations, but typically a hard hat's usually good for about five years. But again, if you see any stresses in it and you can look at it and see their stresses, it, it is no good. But uniquely, most hard hat liners are only good for a year. So again, there's, there's certain things that we're going to really focus on, site inspections, audits, those types of things will help enforce that those things are being uh, continued and, you know, take the inspections or site inspections and audits and then have the safety committee review them. You know, that'd be another process, create checklists on job sites or setting up an emer uh, emergency response action plan. Carrie Sias then addressed her experience leading safety teams and highlighted the positives of creating brief training processes and allocating equipment for site visitors. Previously, whenever I led safety teams, we came up with a uh, training program for uh, visitors and contractors. Um, we would have a set of safety gear for those individuals to wear just for visitors that were walking around viewing, say, their own hard hats, vests, that kind of thing. Um, but that's something the safety team can come up with, and it can be a short training that's five to ten minutes for each visiting group or um, each contracting group. Um, and it, it's really beneficial because they know the expectations before they ever walk up into our full facility. Those are all great ideas, and I do believe that the safety team uh, committee could help enhance where we take that. The the other thing with you know the safe team committee, I think the safe team committee would allow everybody to be more approachable. It's all a collaboration. As the conversation came to a close, Josiah Hanna expressed his gratitude for Brian's clarification on safety gear and applicability. Very helpful for me and the takeaways are this thing about complacency and you know the the mindset because I have been issued a hard hat, I have it at my office, and it, it's totally on me and, and I own that to, in a moment of not understanding, there are people I can clarify that with. And I appreciate that input. You know, I want this, this organization to realize that we want to set the standard. We want everyone to look at our team and use us as an example of how they should be doing their work, how they should be doing their projects. Uh, that they want to be like Caulfield. Kelly Crabtree, Chief Human Development Officer, thanked Brian for his time and opened the floor for everyone to celebrate their personal and professional developments. Several crew members announced engagements and pregnancies, personal progress on the job, and their excitement about the Build Back Better Regional Challenge grant. At Coalfield, crew and staff members receive color-coordinated hats to symbolize their role in the organization. Kelly recognized several new faces and presented brown hats to Ethan Chandler and Max Nybert in the woodshop, Erica Thompson in apparel, Kayla Seacrest in refresh, and AmeriCorps member Sarah Fox. 
Joseph Duncan and James Dameron were also given green hats, which is reserved for those who demonstrate extraordinary leadership. These guys love to be up front of a big crowd. So, we're... <laughs> so being a green hat is an honor. Um, it's our crew members who have really showed leadership on their crews. James and Joe, today you earned the honor of becoming a green hat. You have received this honor because you have earned the respect of your peers and your supervisors. And to keep this distinction, you must keep this respect. You have earned our trust by living our values. And without trust, everything can fall apart. Above all else, keep committed to the values of gumption, grit, and grace, and keep trust of your teammates as your highest priority. So becoming a green hat is a big responsibility, but it's also a big opportunity, an opportunity to move closer to your full potential, power, and purpose. Congratulations on this achievement. We're proud of you, and we believe in you. Joseph Duncan, who works at Highwall in Mingo County, said it felt great to be recognized. Joseph spent the last year working at the Highwall location, where the crew had recultivated an abandoned mine site into an agricultural operation, complete with crops and livestock. Prior to working there, he'd spent almost two years working at another coal field location. Whenever I found out I was getting it, it was just, it felt, it felt awesome. I was getting appreciated and honored for my hard work. Fellow green hat Joe Mitchell, who works in shipping and receiving, said he was so proud of his friend and fellow Joe for his major accomplishment. I'd just like to uh, give up to my guy right here getting his green hat. It's been a long time coming. After getting his own green hat, Joe Mitchell said the distinction gave him confidence and access to leadership opportunities he'd never had or sought out before. It's basically like me just learning how to be a leader, you know, because me, me growing up, I was always quick to do what somebody else did you know, trying to fit in and all that. So me learning how to lead, and I now I have followers, I'm gonna have them follow me in the right way instead of in a negative way. Will Leach, who just graduated from the RAPS program last month and moved forward to become a crew member, said he agreed with Joe Mitchell about the abundance of leadership and personal development opportunities at Coalfield. I wanna say it's, uh, it's an amazing feeling um, being able to, uh, like come in and do your six months and like get familiar with the place and uh, your role, just being able to like go further and educate yourself and others. Kind of what he was saying, like what it means to be a green hat for him, just having a, a better opportunity for others than what you have. And I can uh, definitely be behind that because like I was kind of the same way and like kind of knowing that I, I can come here and be comfortable, uncomfortable. It's like, it's a great feeling, you know what I mean? Early in the afternoon, Coalfield's artist-in-residence, Sasa Wilkes, invited the group to participate in a creative project. First, they pointed to the newly installed art on the back wall, which they created from a massive canvas the crew painted during a previous Council Day exercise. Sasa's art workshop attendees helped bring the snake artwork to life. So this one behind me, this, this snake, if you're not familiar with the concept of like animal symbolism, snakes absolutely symbolize healing and transformation. I really like the idea of like a piece of art that hundreds of people have put their work into and can look at and be like, that's my part, I did that part. So I really wanted this feeling of tiles and the scales just lent themselves really well to that. So this is, that's the result of all the workshops. You know, I want it to be something from far away that's really engaging and immediately you know what it is. 
but you have to get up close to really appreciate it. In contrast to our previous art project, where we each had a paintbrush and a unique addition, today's exercise revolved around what we're capable of creating as a group. The people in this room, this is a really awesome community. Like, it's incredibly diverse and interesting. And I've, I've not, I mean, the time that I've spent with this group of people, even just in the last Coalfield Council days, was like one of the most interesting days I've experienced ever. Like super, super cool stories that people were swapping and really interesting walks of life. Sasa prompted everyone to consider their current and long-term stresses. Then they asked us what wounds we've been trying to heal from during our time here. With a pen and paper, the crew took time to write anonymous responses. What you all do in this next hour will absolutely 100% influence the sculpture that's going outside of this building. It will be based on what we do in here completely. Like, as much as I can take words from other people and turn them into visual art, that's what's going to happen. And I love that. As, a, as an artist, I think that's like the coolest challenge ever. This part doesn't have to feel like poetry at all. You don't, similar to how you did not have to be an artist to contribute to a really cool piece of art, you don't have to be a poet to make a cool poem with other people. That's why working in groups is kind of cool. The crew divided into groups of five. With five pieces of yellow paper, five strips of white paper, and a glue stick, we were encouraged to arrange each group member's six-word phrase into a cohesive, meaningful narrative. Gina Milam, West Edge Outreach and Operations Coordinator, Apparel Wraps trainees Alyssa Jones and Jennifer Putter, and Green Hats crew members Amanda Whitlock and Megan Mounts, both of Mountain Mindful, grouped together for the exercise. Together, they took the paper strips and arranged them on the table. Yeah, yeah maybe that one needs to go here. Yeah. yeah. We're going that. You all like that? Yeah. 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 Become a truer version of oneself. Celebrate diversity and accomplishments with love. Benefiting others doing what I love. We can and will do it ourselves. My story does not end here. Yes. That's a ticket. You know, if we ever have like a, a, a type of uh, competition ever, I think this is the group right here. Yeah. We just killed that. We're a powerhouse. Yeah. That was good. We are. Then the groups took turns sharing their finished poems with the rest of the Coalfield team. Why do I keep punishing myself? I feel like the invisible man, blade of grass in the wind. Depression will silently kill all people. Existence has meaning in the present. Become a truer version of oneself. Celebrate diversity and accomplishments with love. Benefiting others, doing what I love. We can and will do it ourselves. My story does not end here. Yeah. Last line is James Cornett. I don't know who I am, what am I capable of becoming. Learning different things has helped myself. Healing is present all around me. I can help and serve others. Security, change, balance, self-doubt. Be the person you want the world to know. Everyone deserves a second chance again. My battery needs to be charged. <laughs> and the food here has been spectacular every time. Culture of oppression, hearts of expression. Learning to live unapologetically as myself. Broken objects can be built again. Why am I never good enough? When I'm here, I am me. 
I feel lost without my mom. Having a job that betters my life. A identity built on broken memories. And it will be my legacy. I feel lost when I'm here. The child wants to be free. I wonder if they miss me. I have no clue what we're doing. I'm imperfect. I'm under pressure, defeated. Got the keys to be successful. I can do so much more. Together, we can make a difference. Life will always keep getting better. As the poetry presentations came to an end, Sasa said our responses today were unbelievably heartfelt and special. Those are so, so good. So, I'm like trying not to cry. Those are so awesome. Thank you all for being real. Like, being real enough to write that stuff, but being real enough to read it without making it like... I mean, that just felt real. That was really nice. Sasa said the poems will now help shape their sculpture outside West Edge Factory. Thank you to everybody that gave me the stuff you wrote. I will keep that in total confidence. That will not be put anywhere. I'll read it and throw it away. I just wanted to know it. I just wanted to know like people's feelings. I just really, really appreciate that. And I feel like all of those thoughts and all those words will absolutely make their way into the sculpture that's out front because I want that piece to be, I don't even know what it'll look like yet, but I want it to be hopeful. I want it to be something that is like a beacon that's like, this is the feeling that you get when you're here. Like this is what's happening here. So I want it to be not just like a decoration for a building, but a sculpture that really symbolizes what is happening here and what the people here are doing. So thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. After lunch, the crew took time to host discussions about our personal and professional growth. One group kicked off with an icebreaker about where everyone grew up and went to high school. Kayla Seacrest chimed in, with Kayla noting how her high school FFA passion led to her interest in Coalfield. That was kind of what really made me want to get into this position because I learned a lot. Like I was in FFA and I was doing like nursery landscape stuff through FFA and I don't know, there was just like a lot of education about agriculture and things like that. Ethan Chandler, a new Coalfield hire, said he was raised in Lewisburg, West Virginia until the age of 14 and has lived in multiple states across the country. My family, my adopted family, moved down to Texas, and I moved out when I was 17, started a, started a band, then uh, moved to Vegas, had my first son, and then moved to Arkansas, and then up here, because uh, my son's mother is originally from Chesapeake, so I've kind of been like everywhere. Ethan said he appreciates that his colleagues all come from different places, backgrounds, and walks of life. I like the cultural diversity. It's pretty cool that uh, they can have a company that, you know, is unlike other companies that, you know, are real restrictive. But it's, it's like anybody and everybody from all different types of backgrounds, you know, come together and are working toward one main goal. And that's really refreshing to see, especially in this part of the United States. Then the group discussed everyone's plans for the future. Kavon Trelevin said he'd prefer to be working for Coalfield long term. If we could stay on as a crew member, that would probably be more ideal because I have no idea what kind of direction I have for my life. 
So just to give me more time to figure that out, it'd be cool to have this really good company with a good vision and mission. Despite being new, Kayla Seacrest could already tell Coalfield was a good fit for her. I was blown away by like the, the amazing things that they were doing here. So if I get the opportunity to stay on as a crew member here, I would love to do that for the next three years before I figure out where I'm going to go from there. Sarah Fox, the new AmeriCorps volunteer, said she also liked the idea of working with Coalfield if a position were more permanent. I want to see myself like in a more secure spot and, you know, have that security and confidence. And I'm with you. I'm like, Coalfield is, seems so awesome and welcoming. Like, I've literally only been here for like three days. And so far, it's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Max Nybert, another recent addition to the Coalfield team, said he envisioned himself working in a creative field. So I feel like if I don't end up doing something kind of creative, I'm not going to be happy. So (laughs) something along those lines, man. As group reflections came to a close, so did this month's council day at West Edge Factory in Westmoreland. We look forward to meeting again soon to reflect on our growth, development, and everything in between. Thanks for listening to CouncilCast, a monthly podcast from Coalfield Development. This series is hosted and produced by JJN Multimedia. Subscribe to CouncilCast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to leave us a review. To support or learn more about our work creating resilient Appalachian communities and helping people unlock their full potential, power, and purpose, find us on social media or visit www.colefield-development.org. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next month.